Good evening. It's good to see everybody that's here tonight, uh, wearing a few extra hats uh, with our broadcast here. But I want to welcome to those of you who are on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, on either one of those. Be sure to follow us, to subscribe, to retweet us there, like us. Uh, be sure to give the thumbs up there. All of that just helps with their algorithms to get that more uh, out there. And just want to say welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, if you need that number, you can call our church office, office at the number that you see there on the screen. So welcome to those who are there with us on those social media platforms. I want to encourage you also, if you have access to our church website, to go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there uh, that you can download this week's worship bulletin. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. Lots of upcoming uh, things as we're getting ready and getting closer to Vacation Bible School. Uh, be in prayer for that. Be in prayer for the kids. Be in prayer for their families. Be in prayer for all of our workers and our teachers. Uh, as many things will be going on in the weeks ahead uh, in getting ready for that. We also want to encourage you to go under that info tab, download the children's worship bulletins. Those go along with each Sunday's uh, service. And then especially for tonight, uh, you can download the prayer list there. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. Uh, if you need to give us a prayer request, be sure to be reminded that we do that on Facebook on our live stream. So if you need to give us something there, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter or whatever those are, go over to Facebook and give us the comment there of any updates of prayer requests, any additions that we need to add, and we'll add those as we get to our prayer list. But be sure to get that downloaded so you can be praying uh, through that list. If you didn't get one of these in person, uh, they're on the sides here on the very front pew. Uh, you can come up and get one or we'll be glad to come and to give you one if you need one. Is there anybody who didn't get one? Okay. And then also, uh, while you're there on the church website, we encourage you to go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab there. It's a real easy platform there to set up your online giving, so we encourage you to do that. You can do your regular giving. You can do our special missions offering givings that we have, like the Andy Armstrong Easter offering. So I encourage you to take the time uh, to do all of that. And so I'm going to step, step to the side, and Brother Mike's going to come, and we'll both tag team here doing our song. Turn your hymnals, for those of you that are in person here tonight, to 310. We're going to sing Out of My Bondage, Sorrow and Night. All the rest of you can see the words uh, on the screen. So, Miss Pat. <clears throat> I come, Jesus, I come. 
has gained of thy cross. Jesus, I come to thee. Out of earth's sorrows into thy palm. Out of life's storm and into thy calm. Out of distress to I come to thee out of unrest and arrogance pride. Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come into thy blessed will to abide. Jesus, I I come, Jesus, I come into the joy and light of thy home. Jesus, I come to thee out of the depths of ruin untold into the of thy sheltering fold, ever thy glorious face to behold, Jesus, I come to Hopefully, if you are there with us uh, on Facebook or one of those social media platforms, if you've needed to give us an update, uh, you've gotten over to Facebook to do that. If not, go ahead and do that. Uh, as we uh, just remind you there, uh, just again, there are a lot of upcoming activities. We do have our special call business meeting uh, where we'll be voting on the Uniting for Ukraine project. You do have to be uh, present. Some have asked about that, and so just want to make sure those who may be listening tonight uh, knew that, that you need to be present to vote uh, on that. As you take a look at your prayer list, uh, because we went through all of those last week, uh, we were able to clean up the list a, a little bit uh, to remove a few people, to make some additions uh, to some people's situations there. 
and so uh, we won't go through all of the list again. We just try to do that about every other month at the, at the most, sometimes a little bit sooner than that, just to make sure uh, we're keeping everything updated. Uh, some even had shared with me that they didn't realize certain ones were still on the list. And so uh, we try to keep those who are maybe short-term requests uh, on the list for uh, three weeks. Uh, if it's something that's more of a longer term illness, they stay on longer uh, and we can kind of see that on our side, uh, the way they're um, on the list there. Uh, most of the time you'll see that the ones near the bottom uh, of the right hand side on the friends and family as well as the family side, HBC family side will be the ones who are the more recent ones uh, who have been uh, added. So uh, as we look at our prayer list uh, for tonight, I don't have any um, changes to add to the prayer list itself, uh, other than to share with you um, my cousin Cindy Cruz, uh, who has cancer. She is now uh, going through a, a hospice and uh, just a matter of time uh, for her, but we do want to keep her in prayer that everything will be peaceful uh, for her as, as she goes on to be with the Lord. So. Uh, we do want to continue to uplift her uh, in our prayers. Are there any others who are here tonight or any that you need to add? Any updates of any? Okay. So that was about Sandra Wells and Leanne Wells, and uh, both of them are about the same. We have some follow-up visits that'll be upcoming, so keep them in your prayers as they go for those follow-ups. As you take a look at your prayer list, is, is there any others? if we need to add. All right, and I don't see any on Facebook either, so let's go ahead then and go to the Lord in prayer for these needs uh, as we go to the Lord in our prayer time. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for the blessings that you have given to us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, just be present with us tonight. Lord, we know that uh, you are an awesome and a mighty God. There is nothing that is beyond your ability to take care of in our lives, but we know that for us to, to come before you and for you to hear our prayers, we know that sin can hinder that. And so we just want to come in a moment of confession of any sins that you may bring out into the light of the truth of your word in our hearts and in our lives, that we might confess those things before you, whether it's a, a sin in action or a sin in our thoughts, uh, a sin maybe that we've uh, failed to do something you commanded us to do. Father, that is sin also. And so, Father, we pray that you would forgive us and cleanse us with the precious blood 
of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we come confessing those things uh, because your word says if we confess those things, you are faithful and just to forgive us those things and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So we expect and look forward to that, Lord. And we ask for you to shower us with your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. Lord, we ask for you to lead us each and every day with your word uh, to make right decisions that we might be living in your truth, being an example uh, to others who may be watching especially to uh, our children, Father. And we pray for all of our children who are not meeting with us for Awana throughout the summer, but we'll have some other activities that will be going on with Children's Camp, a VBS, uh, our youth who are meeting in the building too. We just want to uplift them all to you and ask for your uh, Holy Spirit to be with them. Lord, continue to give them a hunger and a thirst for you, especially our youth who are meeting here tonight as they're being taught by Pastor Matt and others. Lord, we pray for your, your wisdom and your discernment. But Lord, we pray for them to have a hunger and thirst for you, to want to know you more fully, to serve you more fully, to love you with all of their heart, soul, strength, and mind. And we just ask your blessings upon our youth uh, who are meeting tonight too. Lord, we pray for those children uh, as they're not with us in Awana, but we pray, God, that you will uh, just continue to help them to stay grounded in your word uh, that they've memorized throughout this past year. May they take it upon themselves to continue uh, doing some of those things that they've learned through Awana. And we just ask, God, that you'll be with all of our leaders that you'll give them a time of rest and recuperating uh, to be ready to serve in another year uh, here as we begin the new year in, in August or September. Uh, Father, we pray that you will uh, hear our prayers for each one of these that are on our prayer list. And Father, you know each person's need. Uh, many of these are physical needs and we know you're the great physician. So we just uplift them into your hands. We ask Lord for you to touch them, to show your power, to bring healing to their bodies. And Father, we just pray that you will be glorified and you will be honored uh, in and through the miracle that you bring into their lives. Lord, we know many times along with the physical needs, uh, there are many other needs that are there. Maybe it's emotional needs or, or relationship needs, or maybe it's financial needs, whatever the needs are, uh, we do ask for your grace because your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. And so, Lord, we pray that you will shower these people with your grace. Fill, your, fill their hearts, Lord, with your loving kindness and your peace that passes all understanding, especially those, Lord, uh, who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Father, we pray that they would fear no evil, that you would walk with them, lead them like the shepherd, and continue to guide them, Lord, right into your presence. Father, we pray for you to just embrace them in your loving arms, be with their families, and we just pray, God, that you will give them uh, a peace that passes all understanding in their hearts, too. And Father, we pray tonight as we continue our study in the book of Jonah, Lord, may it be powerful, may it be alive, may it speak to our hearts tonight, and we just pray, God, that you will be glorified and honored in the response we give by living in the truth of what we learn from the book of Jonah tonight. So bless us, uh, lead us and guide us through your word, uh, and we just pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn over to the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Jonah, chapter 2. I'm going to flip that up there and bring back over to Jonah. Bring this up. Here we go. So tonight's message I've entitled... On the run, well actually that's not correct, 
Uh, that was last week's on the run. I changed the scripture, but didn't change the title. The title is actually The God of Second Chances. So if you're taking notes, you'll want to write that down. The God of Second Chances, Jonah chapter 2. How many of you know what WITSEC is? WITSEC. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that raise their hands. It stands for Witness Security, uh, the program, or what we know as Witness Protection Program. It was established in 1970 and allows for the United States Attorney General to provide for the relocation and protection uh, of a witness of a federal or state government against any organized crime. Uh, the witness is given a new name, they're given a new location, they're given about $60,000 a year for the first year and opportunities to find new work when they're relocated to their new home. They're never allowed, though, to travel back to their hometowns uh, or to even have contact with unprotected family members or friends. According to the United States Marshal Service, no one who has ever followed their procedures has ever been harmed in any way. It's always when they don't follow the procedures that gets them in trouble. The purpose of the Witness Protection Program is to ensure that people will indeed testify and tell the truth of what they see and what they know. Well, thousands of years ago, this prophet named Jonah founded his own Witness Protection Program. He put, a, put himself into it, not in order to testify, but to keep from testifying. He found out the hard way, as many of us do, uh, that you cannot run from God and you cannot hide from God. When we last left Jonah, he had been thrown overboard out of the ship that he was on his way uh, to Tarshish in. Uh, and he was thrown overboard. He was swallowed by what the Bible calls a great fish. Now, many call this fish a whale, uh, but we don't know whether this is a whale or not. We really don't know what kind of fish it was. Uh, I don't know what kind of fish it was. But if God is, a God is God, who he says he is, then Jonah could have been swallowed by Minna. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to allow us to make that mistake. So often, when we look at chapter 2 here, especially in the whole of the book of Jonah, Everybody tends to focus on the great fish, on the big fish, on Jonah in the big fish. And in fact, uh, you know, as people are fascinated with that, the real story is not what's going on inside the, in, inside the fish. The real story is what's going on inside Jonah. Uh, Jonah is, in a sense, uh, about every one of us. Because at one time or another, in some way, in some form, in some fashion, we have run from God. Maybe you're on the run from God even tonight uh, because of something you did in your past, some mistake maybe that you made, or you're running from guilt. Uh, maybe you're on the run because of a relationship uh, that didn't work out and it's your fault, uh, and you're running from that grief. Maybe you're running from God because you're afraid of doing something you know he wants you to do or you're running from God because you're so arrogant that you're determined not to do what he wants you to do. So as we look at this, we're, we're, we're not only talking here in these verses to those who are on the run, but even more so to those who are tired of running. And so in this series through the book of Jonah here, one of the greatest lessons that we learn is that when you run from God, you are on a dead-end street uh, that winds up in misery, that winds up in hurt and heartache 
and sorrow and suffering. There's no good that comes out of running from God. It's kind of like the prodigal son. Uh, you learn from him that when you run from God, a God that loves you, you'll wind up with the pigs, with the slop in the pig pen. But there's an even greater lesson that we learn here. We also learn that when you see Jonah run not from God, but to God, you run right into the loving arms of a second chance God. Now, we've always heard the saying, everybody deserves a second chance. That's not totally true. Because frankly, anybody who blows the first chance doesn't deserve a second chance. However, we're going to learn today that those who realize their mistake, those who repent of their sin, will receive God's forgiveness and they'll find that God is a God of the second chance. But it's by nothing that we deserve. It's by nothing that we've earned, that we did something good and God deserves, uh, we deserve for God to, to give us a second chance. That's not the way it works. It doesn't matter how long you've run from God or how far that you've gone or how distant that you even think you are from God. Jonah learned that in the belly of a fish that there are three things that you can do and if you do them, God will receive you with open arms. He will forgive your sin. He will restore you to fellowship with him and give you a second chance to make the most of your life. So even if you are not on the run from God, this is a good message for you to take notes of that you could share with others who are struggling in their walk with the Lord or maybe who don't even have that relationship with the Lord. If you're tired of running, here are three steps to take. First, very simple, look up. Look up. So after Jonah is swallowed by this great fish, now he's surrounded in total darkness. I mean, think about it. He can't see anything in the belly uh, of this great fish. You, he could probably feel the, the burning gastric juices on his skin wrapped in seaweed and, and, and the stench of all that fish-like bodily fluids around him. You ever been into a fish market? A fresh, food, fresh fish market, you smell that smell. Uh, if, you don't, if you've never been into one, let me encourage you. Go up to Nashville on Nolensville Pike. Uh, there's a Korean international store there. If you're going up to Nashville on the left, uh, you'll find it there just above Tusculum Hills. Go inside. It'll knock you down when you first walk in. <laughs> we went, and uh, I, was, I had been in before and was able to go on through. Uh, Samantha went in the door and she went out the door. <laughs> just, you just can't take it. It stinks. It's, it's just overwhelming. It makes you want to gag. Well, that's what Jonah is in, surrounded by, and there is no escape from it. He's surrounded by all of that smell and all those bodily fluids around him. And the first place that he looks is the one place that you can always look. And that is to look up. And so look at verse 1 down through verse 4 in chapter 2. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. And the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed me over. 
Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. So up to this point, as we've said before in the last two messages about Jonah in Jonah chapter 1, up until this point, God and Jonah hadn't really been speaking on speaking terms. Now, God had been speaking to Jonah, but Jonah hadn't been speaking to him. Jonah's been running from God. And so here in the belly of this fish, which is about as low as you can get, Jonah had hit rock bottom. When you're at the bottom, there's only one place to look. And that's to look up. And that's why sometimes God allows us to get to the very rock bottom. So there is no other place for us to look but to look up. And so what Jonah, what did Jonah see when he looked up? He saw God. Uh, to look toward the temple, as you see there in verse 4, uh, with your eyes and to look toward the place where you knew you would find God, which was in the temple. That's what it meant. It meant to turn your eyes and look toward that place. Uh, there was something Jonah knew deep down in, in his heart, and that's when you can't turn to anybody else, you can always turn to God. When everybody else's doors are closed, the door to God is always open. Uh, there's so much similarity, as we've already alluded to, uh, between Jonah and the prodigal son. Because you remember the story of the prodigal son. You put yourself in the story. He's sleeping with the pigs. He's eating the slop. He's wallowing in the mud. Uh, he has no place to turn. He has no other person to turn to. You remember everybody else had, had helped him spend all of his inheritance. He didn't have it anymore. And after he, they spent it, he spent it all. Then they left. And it's just him in the pig pen there, sleeping with the pigs, wallowing in the mud. But there was one place that he knew he could turn to. There was one place that he could turn, and that was to home. There's one person he knows that he can turn to, and that's the father. It, understand this. If you have children, then you've been given an opportunity to prove to them at different times in their lives that they can always turn to you. That's what the father did for the prodigal son. That's what we need to do for our children. In fact, the greatest opportunities that you'll have to show your kids how much you love them and how much you care for them uh, are not in those times when they're doing uh, what they ought not to be doing or, or, or what you tell them to do, but it's in those times like Jonah when they run. They go the opposite uh, of the right direction. They wind up in the belly of the fish somewhere and, and they turn to you. And there will be those times, if they've not already, and you maybe have smaller children as they grow up, there will be those times that they're going to face. In those times when they come to you, if you're a loving parent, you ought to not be, I told you so. That's what we want to say. But we ought to say, what can I do? How can I help? If you're at a point where you don't know where to turn in your life, let me tell you this, that you can always turn to God. If you're at that stage in your life where you don't know where to look, you can always look up. And here's why. When you look up, you'll find God was there all the time. Go back to verse 3. In verse 3, notice what Jonah says in his prayer to God in verse 3. Notice that it wasn't the sailors that hurled Jonah into the sea. Now we read that in the previous chapter 
We read that he told them, you cast me into the sea. And, and they said, no, we're not doing that. And they kept trying to row to get to land and they couldn't. And then they cried out to his God and said, don't hold this to our account. Well, what Jonah says is for you, cast me into the deep. It was you, God. It wasn't just the sailors. It was you, God. It, it wasn't the fish that just happened to swim by. God, you provided that fish. It wasn't just that the weather cycle happened to create this storm at this particular time. It was God who sent that storm. So remember this. Remember that those tough times that you may be going through right now or that you may face uh, in the future, whether it's something that's going on in your, in your business, in your office, in your workplace, or, or financial troubles, or relationship conflicts, or, or any other kinds of things, remember they are not signs that God is absent. They are signs that God is present. Because when you run from God... He will allow misery to come into your life. It's not to pay you back. It's to bring you back. If there was ever a time when the closest followers of God thought he was absolutely, completely absent, it was there at the cross. I mean, think about it. There were 11 disciples who were devastated by what was happening. To the very one who, who, who had, they had convinced themselves was indeed God in the flesh, the Messiah who had come to set up his earthly kingdom, and they thought he's dying on this cross. Man, we got this all wrong. This is not the way it's supposed to happen. And it's like, where are you, God? It's absolute, complete absence from God is what they felt. While Jesus was dying the death of a common criminal. These disciples were asking, where is God? It was only later that they realized he was right there in front of them, in the middle of their deepest, darkest time, in the middle of their most trying circumstances. The next time you're asking yourself in life, whatever the circumstance is, where is God? Just look up. Look up. And then you'll be saying, there's God. The second thing you do when you run from God and you're tired of running and you want a second chance is this. The second thing is to speak up. Look up and speak up. Now go back to verse 1 and verse 2. In verse 1 it says, Then Jonah when he's in the belly of this fish, prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. And here's what he said in his prayer. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Now think about what's happened thus far in Jonah's story here in chapter 1. Not once in all of that running from God, buying the ticket to get on the ship to go to Tarshish, uh, while he's on the ship, when the, when the sailors, you remember, they prayed to their gods and they said, oh, wait a second, Jonah's sleeping, let's go wake him up and he can pray to his God too. Not once in chapter 1 do we see Jonah saying anything to God. God speaks to him and says, Jonah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach uh, the word of God to them. 
not Jonah, he doesn't speak anything to God in those verses. That's interesting that Jonah wouldn't pray on the bow of a ship, but he would pray in the belly of a fish. Several years ago, there was a hurricane that swept across the Florida town, left a trail of damage behind it, and the next day, as men were in the neighborhood cleaning up the rubble, one of them said this. He said, I'm not ashamed to admit that I prayed last night during that storm like I haven't prayed in a long time. His friend looked at him and said, I'm sure that the Lord heard a lot of new voices last night. You know, that happens over and over through all kinds of disasters that happen around us in this life. If you go back and read chapter 1, that's interesting that Jonah never says a word to God. Not even when he was asked to pray would he pray. He was stubbornly shutting his mouth. It's kind of like he's a pouting prophet. Uh, he was determined, I'm not going to talk to God at all because I don't like what he had to say to me and what he wants me to do. You know, when we are determined to shut up, God has a way of making us speak up. What's frustrating is, had he told God on the ship what he was telling God now in the belly of the fish, he would have never been in this mess. You know, like all of us, we wait until we get into the mess and then we cry out to God in prayer. And we say, God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll never do it again. And we know, we see it happen every time. You go back and look at the history of your life, we do it again. And we do it again. We wait until we're in the midst of the mess and we pray. Uh, we, we wait until the wife walks out or the bills are past due or the police knock on the door and then we pray. And just like Jonah, we say, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. That's what Jonah is crying out to, not out of his love for God, but because he's in a problem, because he's in distress. I mean, think about this. God has absolutely no reason to listen to Jonah's prayer. Jonah has no leverage with God. Here he is in the belly of this fish, and he can't say, Lord, from now on, he can't even say that like we would say, uh, Lord, if you'll get me out of this from now on, I won't. He can't even say that because there is no from now on. His distress was his mess, and the only thing to do was for him to confess. There's only one thing that will stop God from hearing your prayers, no matter what you've done and no matter where you are. It's not location that keeps God from hearing us, because God can hear your prayers anywhere. It's not distance, since you're never so far from God that he cannot hear you. The only thing that will stop God from hearing your prayer is sin. The Bible tells us that very plain and clearly. If we regard iniquity, if we regard sin in our hearts and our lives, we don't let go of it, we hold on to it, we don't confess it, it tells us that God will not hear from heaven. And so uh, when you see this, the only thing that stops him from hearing our prayers is sin. Anytime that you're ready to come clean uh, with God and, and right with God and confess your, uh, your sin, confess your, your, to the distress that you're in, that it's your mess, you'll find the, the next statement is true that you read uh, in verse 2. It says, and you heard my voice. 
was in the midst of this fish. I was in distress. I was in the worst situation I could ever find myself in. But when I called out to you guys, you heard my voice. When you look up, you'll find that God is there. And when you speak up, you'll find that God will listen. If you'll acknowledge where you are, if you acknowledge how you got there, if you admit it was your fault, if you'll throw yourself on God's mercy, he will hear. All too often, our talk to God is to say, it's your fault. It's you, God. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take care of this? This is the reason I'm in this mess, because you didn't intervene. And we want to blame God. Instead of just coming before God and saying, God, I messed up. I made wrong decisions. I took wrong actions. Notice here, that's what Jonah does as you go on to verse 4, down through verse 7. He says, then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall look again, I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Wow. You notice this is the second time Jonah mentions God's holy temple. In verse 4, he said he looked upon the holy temple. Now in verse 7, he says, I'm coming into, I'm going to come into your holy temple. Now notice here, why does he keep bringing up the temple? He keeps bringing up the temple because God had made a promise hundreds of years before this to the people of Israel concerning their prayers and his temple. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 38 and verse 39. 1 Kings 8 verse 38 says, Whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart, and stretching out his hands toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know according to all his ways. For you, you only, know the hearts of all the children of mankind. God was saying in essence in those verses, when you take your sin and you take your guilt to the temple, to the place of God's presence, you'll find that it'll be a place of grace. You'll find a God who has an infinite supply of second chances. When you speak up, he'll listen. But then you have to take the third step, which is to give up, to give up. Now, Jonah really has come full circle from the time God called him in the beginning of chapter 1 to go to the city of Nineveh. He's really come full circle because listen to how he closes his prayer in verse 8 and verse 9. 
He says, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So when you read this in the scriptures here, it is literally like a a prayer song that Jonah is praying to the Lord. In fact, it's like he's turned the belly of this fish into a concert hall. He's singing the song of thanksgiving to God. He's thankful. So why is he thankful? I mean, think about it. It's not because God's delivered him from the fish. I mean, we would be thankful for that if if God's delivered us from the trouble and we would say, thank you, God, for getting me out of that. But Jonah hasn't gotten out of it yet. He's still in the belly of the great fish, and yet he's thankful. It's not because God's delivered him. He hasn't yet. It's not because God was going to deliver him from the fish. He didn't know if God's going to deliver him or not. It's kind of like, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were faced with the fiery furnace, they said, we're not going to bow down. And they said, we're going to, if you cast us in, if God lets us live, he lets us live. But if we die, we die, but we're not bowing down. We're going to serve God. That's the way Jonah comes to this place and to this point when he's thankful here. He's not thankful because God's going to deliver him from the fish because he doesn't know whether or not that's going to happen. He was thankful that he was back in the good grace of God and that whether he lived or whether he died, when God asked him to do something from now on, he would do it. When he made a promise to God, he said, I am going to keep that vow. I'm going to keep the vow and pay what I've said that I would do. All God ever wanted for Jonah was to simply give up surrender to the Lord. God makes sure that when you run away from him that you eventually will give up. You realize that Jonah prayed this prayer immediately after being swallowed by this fish? But God made him stay there three days. Even after he prayed. Why? Why didn't God just have this this fish just regurgitate him up immediately after praying this prayer? Okay, Jonah, you got it right. Fish, regurgitate him, he's out. Why didn't he do that? Because God's discipline is thorough. When Israel rebelled against God and refused to enter the promised land, you remember he didn't make them wonder for one year or two years or five years, or 10 years, how many years do you make them wonder? 40 years. Wow. If you go back and you read the story, you'll find that when they rebelled against God, God told them that what their punishment would be, and they immediately asked for forgiveness. When you go back and read the story, they immediately asked for forgiveness. They begged God to change his mind, but he wouldn't because he knew that there was a lesson that they needed to learn and that the next generation who saw them going through all of that needed to learn. There's a story about a blind man that I read and a seeing eye dog who was known to disobey his master and at the most inconvenient times. 
This man and this dog, they were crossing the street and the dog unexpectedly sat down in the middle of the road uh, with all this traffic whizzing by and this, a passerby, he darted out into the street, he grabbed the dog, he grabbed the man and he dragged him to safety and this blind man, he was scared to death, he was shaking like a leaf, he reached into his sack and he got out one of those dog snacks, a, a, cookie, a dog cookie and, to give to his dog and the man who had rescued uh, the, the dog and the man, he, he couldn't believe what this man was doing and here's what he said he said I can't believe that you're going to reward that dog for lying down in the middle of the road well the blind man he, he answered back and he said I'm not rewarding him I just want to locate his mouth so I can kick him in the tail <laughs> God wanted to make sure that Jonah got the kick that he needed so he would be where he needed to be and that he would do what God wanted him to do that's why these words in verse 9 are so key. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. In other words, Jonah had finally surrendered. So don't miss this lesson. God's grace only comes to those who completely give up. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Whatever your problem is, whether it's grief or whether it's guilt, the only solution to either one is grace. Every day that we run from God is a wasted day. And that's exactly where the devil wants us. Because when you're running from God, you're not doing what he wants you to do. So you're not making an impact for his kingdom. You're not leading souls into the kingdom by your life or by your words. In fact, you're sending them away from God. You're saying he's not that important in my life. And so every day that you run from God is a wasted day. Every place that you run from God is a wasted opportunity. God is a God of the, of the second chance. When you look up, he will be there. When you speak up, he will listen. And when you give up, he will pick you up and he will give you a second chance. Why? Not because you deserve it, but to teach you that God is the God of second chances. Maybe you're like Jonah and you're in the belly of the fish right now. You've been swallowed alive by your mistakes, your sins, your failures. You're overwhelmed by guilt or by grief. You're running a long time. Uh, you've, been, you've even convinced yourself or and the devil has convinced you that there's no hope for you. Uh, you. That you won't ever hear, understand this, you won't ever hear a bigger lie than that one. Because there's a test, it's the testimony of what we've seen here that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. There's a testimony of a man uh, that I read also that wrote in a letter uh, that I read that illustrates this point very clearly and I wanted to share it with you. This letter read, my name is Rick. I'm an alcoholic. He said, I've been incarcerated for over seven years. That was his belly of the fish. He said, I've never felt freer in my life. And then he goes on to share this gut-wrenching, heartbreaking story of how he began to drink. 
that he went through job after job. He was discharged from the Air Force. He began to collect DUIs, first one and then a second and then a third. And by this time he was married, he has a wife, uh, he had two beautiful children, but the drinking continued. And then one year while he was on his way to a AA meeting while changing lanes on the expressway, he hit an SUV causing it to go out of control and to flip. A 14-year-old boy was ejected from that SUV in the middle of the road. He panicked and he left the scene, stopped at a convenience store, got drunk, and was finally arrested. The 14-year-old boy died. Sitting at that jail, he said this in his letter. It was at that moment that I realized that I had a problem and I was completely powerless over my alcohol addiction. I broke down crying, I was broken. I, 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 someone who would never consider owning a gun had just murdered someone. It was all I could take. He said that was the moment that I f surrendered fully to God as I asked him to remove my addiction. He said I couldn't fix myself and I was tired of trying. Surrendering my life to Jesus Christ for the first time and truly real time, almost immediately, he said, I felt an overwhelming sense of true peace, a peace I had never known before. He went on to say that he was given a 15-year sentence. He said, I know in some ways I will serve that sentence for the rest of my life. He said, nevertheless, in his letter, I have never found my true freedom until I was imprisoned. It's been more than seven years now, and I am grateful. And we think grateful for what? Grateful that he found at his lowest moment that when he looked up, God would be there. That when he spoke up and prayed to God, God would hear. And that when he gave up, surrendered himself to the Lord, God would pick him up and place him in the center of his grace. Now he knows why, as I hope you know why from Jonah, that God is a God of second chances. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you are the God of second chances. Lord, every single one of us here have sinned made some mistake in our life that we regret. There's not a one of us, Lord, who is perfect, not a one of us who is righteous. In fact, you have told us in your word that there is none that is good, no, not one. Jesus was the only perfect one. We have all sinned and we need your forgiveness. And so, Father, I'm praying tonight that if there is someone who is hearing this message from the book of Jonah, Lord, that they would know and have heard from your truth here that you are a God of second chances. Maybe they've heard the gospel before. Maybe they've rejected the gospel before. But you've got them right where you want them, listening to this word. That you're giving them a second chance. A second chance to call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I have sinned. It's me. That's the reason I'm in this mess. God, I pray and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. 
I repent of it. I turn away from it. And I turn to follow you, Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day so I could have eternal life. Jesus, come into my life and save me. And help me to live for you all the days of my life and to spend eternity with you in heaven. Father, if someone's prayed something like that, realizing you've just given them a second chance, Father, I pray that they will let us know in the comments there on social media, if they're here in person, that they would come and talk to me after the service. Father, I pray that they will do and follow through with what they are saying, that they are surrendering to you. And Lord, that first step of surrender comes with coming to publicly profess that faith in Christ and then to follow through with believer's baptism. Lord, there are a lot of us who are here tonight and a lot who may be watching online who we already know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We know he is the God of salvation. But Father, somewhere along the way, we're kind of like Jonah. We've determined and decided I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to follow what Jesus told me to do. Maybe we've read in the Bible where you've told us, commanded us to do something specifically and we've decided I'm not going to do it. Or maybe, Lord, we're choosing in our lives because of the wrong choices that we're making and it's led us down a path of destruction and heartache and sorrow. Father, I pray that we will come to ourselves like the prodigal son did, like Jonah did, and to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I have done. Thank you for bringing me through the storm and into the belly of the fish because I know that's the only way by your grace that I would be back in a right relationship with you. Father, I pray that we would repent of our sin and we would ask your forgiveness and that you would set us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake to live for you and to follow you. Father, I pray that you will use this message in the days ahead, not only for us, but for us to share with others who may themselves be going through the belly of the fish experience in their life. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to share with them this message. Lord, that they should look up, they should speak up, pray to you, and that they should give up, surrender themselves to you. And Father, may that be the gospel message we preach and proclaim in our lives till our last dying breath. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us uh, tonight. Hope you enjoyed that uh, through the book of Jonah there. Uh, we'll be back in the book of Jonah next week. And so I encourage you to come back and be with us next Wednesday night there uh, as we continue on into chapter 3. Uh, remember, we'll be back for this Sunday morning at 9.15 for Sunday school, 10.30 for worship. Uh, so you come and join us if you can in person. Uh, join us there at 10.30. Uh, if you have to be at home, we encourage you to use one of those uh, platforms, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, our phone live streaming to join with us. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you this Sunday. You have a blessed week and you stay safe.